It's Wednesday, and let's talk it over with Brian Walton of thecardinalnation.com. The Cardinals looking for a sweep later today in Miami as the Cardinals won last night behind John Gant and a really good bullpen, squeaking in some runs in the six against Sandy Alcantara, and now the Cardinals are a game above the 500 mark. And Brian, always great to visit with you. How are things going? Doing great, Dan. It's always a pleasure to be with you here on Wednesday mornings. You got it. Uh, your thoughts on the initial start of the season. What have you thought of the Cardinals so far? Well, I think everybody saw in Cincinnati that there was fits and starts. Uh, you know, the weather was questionable, and the quality of competition is good. I don't think we should lose sight of the fact that the Cincinnati Reds are a good team. They got to a former All-Star in Luis Castillo early on. Uh, the pitching that we expected to be frontline, Flaherty and Wainwright and Carlos Martinez, to a lesser extent, didn't come through. Uh, we see that Goldschmidt and Arnado are going to be good hitters, and the rest of the lineup, uh, there's still some questions. Yeah, I mean, the bottom of the lineup needs to get things going already. We've seen Justin Williams hitless. Dean is hitless. Matt Carpenter making a start last night at second base. So once you get through the two, three, and four, really one through four, there seems to be a little bit of a drop-off. So something in that regard probably needs to pick up as the Cardinals go forward if they expect to have really good success this year. And even number four, Paul DeYoung, you know, he had that one big game where he hit a couple home runs. And other than that, he's been pretty quiet. And I, you know, I, it wouldn't surprise me. They, they need to find a number four hitter. But if they don't, I think Nolan Arnato is going to get fewer and fewer pitches to hit. You know, you've got to have somebody behind him that you're, you know, you're concerned about and willing to throw him. Because we've seen, you know, Goldschmidt and Arnato are what they are, which are the best hitters in the lineup by a considerable margin. Now, you know, the other wild card certainly is Dylan Carlson. And if, you know, Carlson, you know, he's been showing some some good signs. Now he has a home run from each side of the plate so far this year. You know, if he can show that, you know, he can move up in the lineup, that may help alleviate, you know, a little bit of that pressure. In terms of the pitching, so we're back to Jack Flaherty today, one time through the rotation. What's been your evaluation of what you've seen there? Well, and, you know, the, nobody wants to make excuses, but there was plenty of discussion about the temperature being 37 degrees in opening day. And, you know, Jack's a California kid, and I think we know that. And that, you know, that, that didn't necessarily suit him. Another comment that Wainwright made uh, after his start, and, and, of course, you know, his, his start, you know, there were all the little dinks and nubbers and all of it after the home run. But he mentioned, that, again, something that we've heard over the years a number of times in Cincinnati, and that was that the balls were slippery. And he didn't, you know, know for sure whether that was a new construction of the baseballs or, you know, it's been a common theme by the Cardinals over the years saying that for some reason the baseballs in Cincinnati are just more slippery than in other cities. And, you know, who knows what all those factors are. But the bottom line is Flaherty's the ace of the staff. He's expected to be a Cy Young Award candidate. He needs to come out today and, and pitch like that. They need him. Yeah, they do. Uh, they're hoping that they get KK back fairly soon. What do you think this would mean for the rotation in terms of, Maybe is somebody out? Do they stick with a five-man what, what or a six-man rotation? What, what do you think they would do? This is a really interesting situation, Dan. I don't know the answer. I'm anxious. I'm going to – last night in the postgame, Mike Schilt told us that Kim threw five innings, 68 pitches yesterday against minor leaguers uh, in Jupiter, struck out eight, gave up a couple kids, a couple walks. But, you know, these are the guys that – you know, weren't, didn't go to alternate camp. So, you know, the Delvin Perez's and, and, and Nolan Gorman's and Yvonne Herrera. So they're, you know, decent hitters, but, you know, it wasn't a major league lineup. But the point is, Kim is ready to travel with the team. There's not really much more he can do. They might want to stretch him out a little further. Initially, they were talking about that he would miss a couple of turns in the rotation, which would give them time to determine, you know, is one of the younger guys, Dan or Ponce de Leon, not going to cut it, and he slots in there. Or, as you said, I think it would be intriguing to see 
you know, would they be willing to go to a six-man rotation? And while you say, well, on one hand, there's some strengths in that, uh, the other is that, you know, you get over the course of the season one or two or three fewer starts from the guys like Flaherty and Wainwright that you need to make as many starts as possible. So be interesting to see how they decide to play this. Yeah, there's some news in terms of the minor leagues, uh, in terms of the 2021 upcoming draft. Not the location, but some things that are going on with that. What do you know about it? Well, first of all, the 2021 draft will be a month later than usual. You know, we're always pretty familiar with it as the College World Series is is wrapping up the the draft as normally occurs. But this year it's going to be in mid-July in conjunction with All-Star Weekend. So what that means is that there'll be time after the college season's end for combines where players can be evaluated um, on a more consistent basis by a number of teams together, sort of like they do in the NFL. And that will hopefully make help, help teams be more informed in the, in the draft picks they make. The, the big decision that was made recently is that they have settled on 20 rounds for the draft this year. On one hand, that's certainly up from the five rounds, only five rounds they had last year, but it's still just half of the 40 rounds that they had in the past. So it'll be you know, a much more selective process to figure out which players that teams are going to want to draft. The other thing that they did, they settled on was the pool amounts. The, the amount of money that can be spent on players in the first 10 rounds is governed by a total amount of money, which the Cardinals are in the middle of the pack. I think they're 17th with their size of their pool allocation, which is about a, a little under $8.2 And so they have to spread that money around over their top 10 picks. And there's, select, there's recommended values called slot values for each of the first 10 the first picks in the first 10 rounds, but the team can move money around as they so choose. And then from the players in the 11th through the 20th round, those players cannot be signed for more than $125,000 each. Or if they are, then that money has to come out of that first 10 round pool as well. The other thing that will continue to be important is non-drafted free agents, because with 20 fewer rounds, there's going to be some good players that won't get drafted by anyone. And the rule for those players is they can't not be signed for more than $20,000 each period. Wow. I, that changes everything, doesn't it? Man, that's a that's a lot of info that you just gave there. And it's interesting with the, how they you know pay the money and allocate the the funds to particular players. Does it Does it change, you think, what a player may do where they say, almost like in other sports where they say, okay, here's my draft status. Uh, do I go into the draft or do I pull my name out? So meaning if a kid gets drafted and he says, well, I'm only going to get 125000 you know what? I might as well go back in and maybe have a senior year because I have a better chance to, to make more money. I think, I think it even starts with the high schoolers. Unless you're a Dylan Carlson, Nolan Gorman, you know, known on the, on the circuit as you know, a potential early round pick, where you're going to get, you know, the, the seven-figure kind of number or high six-figure, you know, those kids may say, you know, hey, what, I'm going to go to at least go to junior college or maybe go to a college and, and do that rather than sign. And and even, you know, for college players, you know, that some of them may decide, hey, it was very fashionable for the junior you know, to come out as a junior and not play your senior year in college. But now, you know, given the amount of pressure, I think we're going to overall see more kids stay in college and, uh, you know, fewer kids sign as early as they did before, which is, I think, what baseball really wants. I, I think the overall strategy of Major League Baseball is trying to accomplish here is to move more of the development of prospects back into the amateur ranks. And, you know, we've seen that manifested by the fact they're having fewer levels in the minor league systems. And so 
you know, they, it's not like they want to have fewer major leaguers in the future. They just want to have more of that development come in, the, you know, when they're still in school rather than while they're being paid professionals. How about the international signing pools and how the Cardinals kind of dip their toe into that water? Yeah, it was interesting uh, because of COVID. The the normally the international signing class runs from July second to uh, the next June, so it's not on a calendar year. So they call it like a two year class because it starts in one calendar year and finishes in another. Well, last year instead, the, instead of the the class ending in June, they continued it through the year. So basically, the previous international period was roughly eighteen months instead of twelve. So now this year they've continued on that calendar year basically plan. It actually starts January 15th, but basically it runs on a calendar year. And again, like the amateur draft, Major League Baseball sets up pool amounts for teams to say, you can only, you know, you can only spend this much money for international players. Whereas it used to be in the old days, teams could spend whatever they want. So we saw these huge, huge contracts, huge bonuses to unproven players. Now, this year for the Cardinals, they have about $5.9 million to spend. Next year, it's going to be up maybe uh, uh, 3 or 4% to 6 and a quarter million. But that's it. So they have to decide, okay, do I go for quantity or do I go for quality? How do I, how do I spread that $6 million out? I could spread it over 20 guys or I could spread it out over 40 guys and, and you know, look for a lottery ticket. What the Cardinals typically did, like a year ago, for example, in that 18-month period, they signed 37 players internationally you know, out of that under 6 million budget this year, they've only signed 18 so far, but you're three months in, but the Cardinals have signed a very high profile Cuban outfielder named Luis Mario Pino, who's 16 years old, supposed to be a, a nice power threat. But interestingly, the national writers who, one of the national writers who wrote about this from ESPN said, they believe that this signing, which was cost the Cardinals about three quarters of a million dollars, pretty much tapped out their international spending for the year. So, you know, just by signing only 18 players or maybe a handful more, that's much fewer than in prior years. So, again, the Cardinals seem to be focusing more on trying to get a few high-end talents rather than just uh, spread their bets around. Sure. How about roster size? And we'll wrap it up with this with the minor leagues. What What is it going to mean when they start playing these minor league games? And by the way, when do they start? We're starting in May, right? Yeah, May 4th is uh, scheduled to be opening day, and what one of the things I think we mentioned on a previous call, the Cardinals' hope is that they will be able to secure enough vaccines to inoculate all the minor leaguers this month while they're in Florida so that when they report to the four full-season locations uh, for the opening of the, the minor league season next month that they'll all be you know set and, and, and ready to go. Um, but in terms of roster sizes, that was a question that had been open for some time. We knew that the Cardinals, for example, cut two layers out of their minor league system for this year, and they have done releases as well, but not as many as you would be needed to to uh, make all the players fit on rosters. Uh, in addition, there's the, you know this additional pressure at the major league level and the taxi squads, and there's so what. So to make a long story short, what baseball has done is decided at the AAA and AA levels, rosters will be 28 players this year, uh, rather than the traditional 25. And then at Class A, they can have up to 30 uh, players active at any given point in time. So that will be uh, Peoria and Palm Beach. So, you know, that gives the Cardinals right there 
you know, another close to 20 player, additional uh, 15 players that will have jobs that wouldn't have in the past. And that gives them more flexibility for injuries and movement of players around. And so there'll be more, fewer, hopefully, of the crazy moves where you see guys move on and off of rosters just because they're trying to juggle uh, the number of healthy players that they have. You're such a great resource for Cardinal fans, Major League Baseball news, Cardinal news, minor league news. What are you working at uh, on at thecardinalnation.com? Well, folks who want to know more about some of the international subjects I mentioned, I've just posted an article about that today in depth, uh, about three guys that have been signed, including Pino, and and also three releases because, of course, you know players do leave the, the system now and then. And I just want to remind folks, we haven't talked about it for the last few weeks, but the Cardinal Nation 2021 Prospect Guide is still available for sale, still got some hard copy books left, as well as PDF versions, which you can uh, order and uh, we'll get it shipped out to you the very next day. And I think you will be uh, very pleased with what you see, 250-some pages of information about the best Cardinals prospects in the system, a lot of history information on drafts and international signings, and and much more. Absolutely. TheCardinalNation.com. We do this every Wednesday with Brian Walton. Brian, thanks for being with us. Talk to you next week, Dan.